Slammer Bros podcast. It's very special because Jack Slammer and Steve Slammer are in the same goddamn building. We're actually in the same room. Same table. Same table. And you are at the head of the table with this custom SummerSlam special universal heavyweight championship belt that the Tribal Chief retained tonight. Tribal Chief did retain it. And I actually have a fun story for the people at home. We do. You should tell them. So at 8 a.m. this morning, I went to the Dragon's Lair gym, and I had to fill out a little waiver form like you do at any gym. So I'm looking down. I glance up, and I see one Roman Reigns right in front of me. He's got his personal trainer and a guy who I believe is his personal assistant. They can kind of just go out in front because he's friends with Flex Lewis. Uh, I had to continue filling out the form, paying, but that's part of it. I'm not, you know, the freaking... I would say Roman Reigns is the biggest pro wrestler on the planet right now. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. Well, yeah, I think... I mean, somebody in AEW now might, might argue with that, but yes, I would agree with you. At this moment in time, in this moment in history, Roman Reigns is the biggest, is the biggest star. Anyways, I'm working out. Roman Reigns is there. I think he's continuously uh, looking. He keeps looking over because I'm wearing a Macho Man shirt. Now, I don't know if he wants me to acknowledge him as a fan, as a quick little ego boost that day, if was he's that, watching my workout. Was that pun intended? He wanted you to acknowledge him? Oh, that was not a pun intended, but I guess it's a pun intended now. So anyways, uh, I got a chance to, to meet him. We talked for about, I would say, a minute. Uh, he was between sets. I was between sets. So I just said... Uh, Hey man, good luck tonight. And really cool dude, really humble, but he but he was in character in a weird way. So he's very monotone, like, thanks, man. Like, hey man, I gotta I gotta stay in this asshole persona, but thank you. But you can tell he's a totally humble, totally nice guy. So yeah, I got I went to the gym early and I got rewarded for it. So go to the gym and you might beat Roman Reigns. Any truth to the rumor that uh, Paul Heyman was standing behind him at all times doing this? I think Paul Heyman was waiting in the car. I don't think he can do that at all times. I understand. But goddamn, Steve, I have to ask you this. If what did SummerSlam meet or exceed your expectations? I think it exceeded. I think it exceeded. You know, we we had been talking about the fact that this was going to be a huge weekend and it, it certainly delivered on Friday. It delivered tonight and I have a feeling it's going to deliver tomorrow night for NXT Takeover 36. But uh, all in all, a fantastic weekend, not just because I got to spend the weekend here with Jack, but also, as promised on the last show, a little surprise to commemorate the occasion, a little bit of the bubbly. This is, t tell the people what this wine is at home. This is Chris Jericho's champagne, a little bit of the bubbly that he was promoting last year. I grabbed myself a case and I decided to personally fly this bottle out here to Las Vegas so that I could, so I could have some following this event with the one and only Jack. And I'm gonna actually pop this while I turn it back over to him to uh, continue on here because we need to have some of the bubbly. Well, I need to, I need to ask a follow-up question. You know, I mean, you can't even get like mouthwash on an airplane. How the hell did you get that past it? Check it with, you, you put it on your check bag, man. Oh, put it on the check bag, okay. So, Absolutely. So I can put cocaine in my check bag. Well, I wouldn't okay. go that far, but okay. you know, hey. <laughs> I, I don't know where you would even get such substances, sir. I don't. I don't. I, I do not. Conversation. I do not know where you can get such substances either. That's not. Go. That is not my thing. Okay, so hang on. Ooh. Whoa. Oof. Okay. A little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. All right. 
So I've been good today. I've only had three beers in Vegas, which when everybody's tossing you free drinks is actually very a very minute amount of alcohol. Indeed it is. Okay. For some reason, I thought this would be a red wine. No, no, no. This is champagne, but oh, champagne. A little bit of the bubbly. So that barbecue chicken pizza that I just ate Ooh, is gonna boy. that's that's gonna come flying out of me. You know what? Here's here's been my favorite thing about the trip so far, and it was kind of it was similar to um, when we came here for our bodybuilding show. When we came here for our bodybuilding show, everybody was like, "Oh, are you a bodybuilder? Are you here for that show?" Because we were wearing like wrestling shirts the whole time, people were actually asking us if we were pro wrestlers. Mm. So that was kind of a cool thing. Like, and then we we quickly corrected them and told them, no, we are not pro wrestlers. But it was still kind of cool to like be like, yeah, you know, we we could we could be in we could be on the undercard, you know, we could be a couple undercard possibly. guys, possibly. possibly. I mean, I don't know when the undercard consists of RK Bro. Um, at first, I didn't like it, that being the first match. It was but, a great opening match. But then, when I heard the pop, and then after, like, you know, because the crowd got restless. I mean, 10 matches is just too much wrestling. Well, 11, including uh, Big E versus Corbin at the on the pre-show. Yeah, so you had 11 wrestling matches that we had to, that everybody had to kind of take a look at. So, there you go. Cheers, cheers, brother. Cheers, buddy. That's not bad. Ooh, the bubbly. That's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's the drink of the champion. The drink of the well, he's not the champion because he lost to MJF. I'm the champion. You're right the now. champion right now. So, you, right here, the okay. champ. The champ is here. Right All right. Now. So is that a toy replica or is that an actual Sir, replica? Sir, you should know. You should know. I don't deal in toys, okay? Well, this is for the this people at home. This is legit. You've seen some of my collection through on the last couple of episodes. This is the newest member of the collection. This is this is a beefy boy. This is the real deal. It's got the customized special edition SummerSlam plates. And as I talked to Jack here earlier today, we're going to be getting customized Slammer Brothers side Ooh. plates. And as soon as those bad boys come in, they're going to get bolted to this thing. And you will see it on a future episode. That I can guarantee. That is that is great. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to make this a quick fix. Basically go into the things we like. Since I got the RK Bro shirt on. Um, well, I'm going classic right now. Sorry. Austin 316 right Says there. I just kicked your ass. <laughs> Actually, he did. Uh, what was the final score at the end of the prediction? It was... Whoa. You want to do that? All right. Let's just go into that. So 10 matches. 10 matches. We called... We called the the uh, the Sasha Banks Bianca Belair match a, a no contest yeah. for us since Sasha didn't show up and Becky Lynch made her return, so we called that a no contest. Even mm-hmm. though the reasons for Bianca Belair losing, I still feel met the intent of my prediction, but that's fine. Nine matches, I went eight and one. You went eight and one. Went eight and one. The only one I got wrong was the the Nikki Cross match, which I I still tell. For the life of me, I can't understand why they even put the belt on her. But you know, hey, we, it's all good. We both got wrong there because I I thought you had Rhea Ripley. I had Rhea Ripley turning heel in that match because I thought Charlotte would be taken out, Nikki Cross, and I thought that freaking Rhea was just going to go berserker on Nikki Ash and ultimately become a heel. But instead, interesting choice. Charlotte Flair retains the title, so that means that that whole Nikki Ash angle gone. Mm. Uh, Rhea Ripley 
is still, I would say, the biggest threat to the championship. But part of me feels like the whole Nikki Ash angle was A, an experiment, and B, it was a way to get Rhea and Charlotte, who are the two best female wrestlers in the entire company, in another match together, in another skirmish, without one having to pin the other. Yeah, but you know what? They were pinning each other all over Raw the last couple of weeks. I, I, I think it was just something to get the money in the bank briefcase out of play. Yeah. And honestly, if it went, if you remember, the belt went from Charlotte. I'm, I'm sorry, it went from Ripley to Charlotte to Nikki. Now back to Charlotte. What was the point? I mean, it, every time you play hot potato with a title like this, it just devalues it. They should have just kept the title on Charlotte the whole time. Yeah, I, I would actually, I am inclined to agree with you. Um, that was. There was two matches that you and I, and the thing was, I think they put in good work. It was a way better match than I thought it would be. They were way more creative than I thought they'd be. It was just one of those things where it just felt kind of like filler, and it's supposed to be your most, your third most prestigious title of your show, sure. right? Because it's the women's championship. It's the equivalent of the men's championship, and they shat the bed. Um, Bianca Belair losing. I'm cool with Becky Lynch beating her. I just felt like a 30-second squash match was kind of disrespectful to your champion. Now, I, I, But the thing is, make it an actual match. Becky Lynch wants to come back. But that tells me that it might have been an impromptu thing. Yeah, my understanding is that Sasha was actually hurt in some way, which, you know, when we were in the stadium, I was saying, well, why are they even playing the promo package for, for Sasha Banks? But, um, you know, whether it was 30 seconds or 30 minutes, you know, it, it Bianca, it was just a, it was just to get the title off of her, shift it over to Becky. Sasha is still free to take on Bianca and, and settle their feud, their issue without the title in play. And now Becky is is back being the champion. But my my critique of that is the exact same thing it was for getting the belt off of Bianca, which is where are all the heels? Yeah, on the SmackDown roster for for the man to take on. So I'll be interested to see what happens here. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting. Speaking of where to go, we've been talking about this for, gosh, weeks. Where SmackDown's uh, the Universal Championship, this bad boy, mm-hmm. and SmackDown, they have so many angles to go to because they it feels like they have a very well oiled machine at least around Roman Reigns to where if they somehow couldn't have gotten Brock Lesnar, which is the route, which is the next feud they're gonna go. They had Finn Balor waiting. They had Big E waiting. They had other. They had other plans that they could have gone to. Um, my question to you is, where the fuck does the WWE Championship go from here? Because I don't see any fucking viable faces who can take on Lashley or even just keep them warm for, until the next pay per view. Well, I mean, if you remember, I mean, just going on to the Universal title for a second, when a couple episodes ago, we, I talked about the various orbits around Roman Reigns, and so you had Cena, and then you had Finn Balor, and then you kind of had Big E kind of on the periphery, and now this freaking meteor just came in in the, yep. in, in the form of Brock Lesnar. To your point, though, when you look at what's going on on the Raw side with Bobby Lashley, there's, well, Goldberg's out of play now. I think the only place they have left to go at this point, barring a draft, is to Big E. Yeah. But, you know, Big E did get back the money in a bank briefcase at the beginning of the show, so who knows? I, I just, I, the, the men's world title picture on the Raw side is both completely wide open and yet completely not, if that makes any sense, because I just don't see 
who is going to be stepping up now that Drew McIntyre is completely locked out of the yeah. title picture. Who's left? They had to bring in Goldberg just to, just to fill the title match at SummerSlam. Yep. I mean, he blew through Kofi Kingston. I have no idea who's left. Yeah, I have no, I have zero idea who's left either with the, with the men's title picture, and that's the only reason why. I mean, Monday's Raw will be interesting though. Monday's Raw is going to be very interesting because RK Bro has the tag titles. Um, Charlotte Bro. is the new women's champion. Um, I don't know. Do, do they retire got, the Nikki Ash character, or are they nah, going to keep that train keep going? Plus, we got a new United States champion and Damian Priest. That was a sensational match. It was not the match of the night like I predicted, but those guys put in some great freaking work. Sheamus, ultimate heel. Because what happened was they were put in a horrible spot. Because you guys all know that the Alexa Bliss angle, really not our thing. And it really wasn't even anybody in the crowd's thing. Like, you could hear a rat piss on fucking cotton. So now the crowd was brought down a level. Now you got to compete after that. So now you got to bring the crowd back. And to those guys' credit, Sheamus got some really good heat as a heel. Damian Priest started to get over a little bit as a babyface. And I'm seeing another potential Roman Reigns-type situation with him where they're trying so hard to push him as a babyface, but people aren't buying it. I think Damian Priest, in a year from now, if he, I think, I think an epic heel turn is there for him. Yeah, I was a little surprised that the crowd was as silent for Damian Priest as they were. I mean, they, they picked up for the title win, but, you know, I was expecting there to be a little more momentum behind him. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with this, with the United States title. Well, he's a very talented guy. I think this is another classic case where he's getting the belt to try to elevate him, to try to put some heat on him or, you know, put add some more value to him or try to get the crowd behind him a little bit. Um, but it will be interesting to see who he feuds with next. If we still, if Sheamus is still in the picture, yeah, I think he'll, I think he'll stick around with Sheamus a little bit and then move on to something. I mean, he's he's had history with The Miz and Morrison. Like, I hope they don't go there, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, going into, you know, just the match itself. I want to cover the two men's championships first off. I know that this is not going to be a popular opinion, but I legitimately think that Bill Goldberg got hurt. I literally do think that the dude at 54 years old hurt his knee. Because here's the thing. I think they were in scramble mode after that match to try to come up with a compelling ending. Because what happened was Lashley, and I saw it, like there's a difference between chair shots when they pull back, and Lashley was pulling pulling back on these chair shots to, to Goldberg's knee. Like, you couldn't it, – it, there's those little tricks that they do to sell to create more noise and more impact. They weren't there. And the only thing that I guess might have kind of been staged was his son jumping on his back, which could go yeah. into it. But part of me thinks that Goldberg literally hurt his knee because why would you not at the very least – uh, just finish the match with a pinfall or something. Well, I mean, Goldberg got steamrolled by McIntyre at the Royal Rumble, so, you know, obviously I don't hope that he's hurt. However, if they did that to protect Goldberg, <clears throat> I don't see where that really makes any sense. I mean, they're not going to be setting up any kind of a rematch. So, uh, in a way, I hope he's hurt, but not just to, for the sake of the story, not yeah. because I hope that he's hurt. I mean, the man's 54 years old. Yeah. 
But man, that crowd was not a pro Goldberg crowd, was it? No. So basically, the crowd was cheering for the Almighty, for Bobby Lashley, even before the knee injury, and even after the knee injury, they were, they were just cheering for him doing heel shit. And when Bobby Lashley hit the uh, hit the hurt lock on Goldberg's 15-year-old son, everybody was fucking cheering that shit. And also. I made the joke in the crowd. Uh, I was like, way to beat up that 15-year-old. And then there was a couple other drunk people behind us who were like, damn right, yeah. You don't go putting your fucking hands on people. Show that young man who's boss. Like, Because you can tell there's guys like us who get lost in the story, who love it. It's like a, it's like a bro soap opera for us, right? It's like the crowd in the, in the wrestling episode of South Park. The crowd... So you could tell which of these motherfuckers thought it was real. Like, it was not yeah. predetermined. You could tell, like, it's the story. It's still real to me, man. Damn it. It's real to me when they're not doing fucking Feel Alexa this. Bliss Feel shit. This. this is real, man. This, this is, is real. real. All right, so how... Personally, my personal match of the night, the, the match that stole the show was Edge and Seth Rollins from beginning to end. I wasn't a fan of Rollins' basic Michael Jackson-esque getup. I'm not a fan of any of his clothes right now. His clothes, not so much. But Edge came out to the brood music. They had that great video package beforehand, basically going into which one, which guy can be more sadistic. Uh, freaking, and here's the thing. They, they, they uh, came, the wrestlers walked out in a tunnel. Yeah. Well, long aisle. So they had that long aisle, right, which started as a tunnel. So to get Edge to have that brood-type entrance, they had to construct that. They had a bunch of little various pieces Mm -hmm. all over the place. And the fire, they actually had one of those traps that was around the whole uh, entrance. Dude dumped lighter fluid all over that, and they actually had to create this makeshift entrance for Edge to come out with the brood. And it was amazing. It was a cool touch. It was a very, very cool touch. Added a lot of production value. And I will say this, man. That match delivered. Yeah, definitely the match of the night. Absolutely. Match of the night delivered. There was, with all the false counts everywhere, it was anybody's game for the whole match. And I'm just shocked that Rollins let it happen clean, the loss. Um, I'm not, man. I was 8-1. That's why I'm the champ, baby. (laughs) Well, my thing was, I was like, okay, if Rollins wins, it's going to be like a schmoz. That way they can keep it going. But Rollins lost clean. Hey, man, I was 8-1. I hit my lock of the night. You did hit the lock of the night. And called the Brock Lesnar arrival at at the end. So You did. And I I, (laughs) – yeah, um, the Usos were the lock of the night. Uh, I'm going to go on a limb here and say that Dominic Mysterio is broken. They broke him. They had a chance to have yeah. a cool, young, rising star, and they completely fucked that up. Um, I was thinking he was like – I was thinking by when uh, when we first saw him with uh, Heat with Rollins when he first mm-hmm. entered in, I thought by this stage in his career he'd be in that Intercontinental Championship picture. Maybe not winning it, but in that division of guys, in that pool of guys who could – well, they're trying to keep him with his father and keep him learning. I don't know what they're doing with this little attitude thing he's got going on. Like, it feels like they're setting the, the scene or the stage for a break between him and Ray, which, you know, I think he's far too green for that. But who knows 
you know, we'll see what happens. Personally, and this is, I'm a Dominic Mysterio fan. Personally, I think the best thing for him would, would be to send his ass to NXT. Send him to NXT. That's the place to learn. The main roster is not the Cat, place to learn. Cat's out of the bag on that one, brother. I'm sorry. Damn. All right. So, going to the main match of the evening. Main event. The main event, baby. At first, there was a few things that I thought were a little slow, a little silly, whereas Reigns was trying to smash Cena. Cena was just going for roll-ups without trying to do any sort of damage whatsoever. But, in fairness, they were delivering exactly what the promo said it was going to be, so I can't be too, too mad at that. But the two moments that were a little sus, a little sus as the kids were saying, a little suspect as the kids uh, are saying, was uh, when Cena was getting up, hmm. he was literally grabbing the waist, uh, the waistband of uh, Roman Reigns' tights and putting his head. Oh gosh, I just had a cramp there. Oh god, oh boy, just a little too close. You know, you, you know, you know what would help with that? What? The bubbly man. Ah. Well, while he's taking care of his cramps, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna continue on with this part of the conversation. Well, you good man? Man, I just had a bad cramp in my that's what happened. See, that, that's the man was killing it so bad earlier in the gym today. You know, trying to show off for the tribal chief, the, the head of the table. That you know, he did. He just did it in there, man. But anyway, anyway. So <clears throat> he's he's Cena is grabbing on to Roman Reigns' waistband and on he's on his knees. And I I made a crack in the crowd that that was definitely not missionary position. It it, it got over. <laughs> it got over. People in our area liked it, but ultimately, you know, for me. John Cena working as an underneath guy didn't really work for me. I mean, I understand why they were doing it, because he was trying to do the one, two, three thing. He just needed to catch him, roll him up, and, and not make it so that it was going to be one of those dominant John Cena-type victories. But they actually got me with a couple of the near falls later in the match, especially the attitude adjustment off the top rope. I mean, I, for, I, for a minute there, I thought they were actually going to pull the trigger on the title change. But ultimately, the Tribal Chief prevails cleanly, pins Cena, and uh, then we get a little uh, afterbirth there with uh, one Mr. Brock Lesnar making his return. Lesnar, let oh, sorry, folks. I was like, I just had the worst cramp that hit. Brock Lesnar comes back, probably not the best hairstyle that he's ever had. Oof, that hair. Oof. Well, it was pretty good. Um, they don't have barbers up in the woods in Minnesota? I guess not. Crowd, the crowds were going insane, wild for him. I mean... Dude, but he, the one, my one problem with it is it's like, okay, so I guess that's just what's going to happen every pay-per-view. You just bring in some guy who's not on the active roster to come work with Reigns because you're not building up anybody who can, any viable threats from within your actual company itself. That's my only problem with it, but it's going to be an interesting storyline because you got Paul Heyman who's worked on both sides, and I don't think that Reigns has ever beaten Brock Lesnar. I think he did it. I think he did it at SummerSlam. I, I got to look that up. But I think ultimately, you know, I said this to you as we were leaving. But the impression I'm getting now with Roman Reigns is that it's like Highlander, where there can only be one. So he's yeah. just kind of consolidating. It's like it's like the Connor McLeod going around and beheading everyone and taking their power. Yeah. Sort of when somebody finally does kill Connor, who was Duncan in Highlander Endgame, yeah. by the way, um, then they basically take all that over. So you have Reigns. He's already beaten. Daniel Bryan, he's already beaten Kevin Owens, now he's beaten John Cena, he's going to beat Brock Lesnar, eventually he's going to beat The Rock, Yeah. and then eventually whoever does 
finally pin Reigns is going to have the accolade of beating the guy who consolidated all that other shit. So yep. It, 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 we're biding some time here, clearly. I think the the story with, with Brock previously being managed by Paul Heyman will make for interesting. I think Reigns' inability to beat Lesnar over the years will be interesting. But I have no reason to suspect that, that Brock will be taking down the Tribal Chief anytime soon. This is just this is just bridging the gap until we can get into WrestleMania season and see if it is indeed going to be The Rock making his return to take on Roman or if we're going to get some new young up-and-comer to come up and challenge the Tribal Chief on the grandest stage of them all at WrestleMania. Well, it's very interesting. Heyman, Heyman essentially said, I think it was last SmackDown, where he was basically like, no one has ever beaten this version of Roman Reigns. Now, what's going to be interesting is, where does Heyman's uh, loyalties lie? Oh, I think he... it's clearly with Reigns at this point. I think I think Lesnar's going to be the baby face here. Reigns, okay. I can see that. I can see that as well. All right, so moving off of SummerSlam. Actually, before we leave, you said it exceeded your expectations. Yeah, I would give it, um, hmm, I'll say five years of missionary as opposed to 20. Five years of missionary instead of 20. All right, I would say that the show for me, A-. minus. A-? minus. I would say, hmm, I'd say it's a solid B show. I think, I think you know, my predictions being being mostly correct was was candidly a little disappointing in some respects. Like I, I wish they would do something to spice up the formula. I mean, even some spots during the show I was calling. Yeah, yeah. But um, but all in all, it was a solid show. I thought it was a good return to the big stadium format. I, I would have loved to have seen a little bit of a set there. You know, like them just yeah. coming out of the entrance and out of the tunnel and then down that long aisle. You know, I'm used to big stadium shows having the big sets. But all in all. Solid show, good surprises, the return of Becky Lynch, the return of Brock Lesnar. As a matter of fact, I just talked myself into giving it a B plus. B plus for him, three years missionary. A minus for me. Um, I would say just the the spots that they had were great. The matches that I didn't care <clears throat> about, they found ways to make them likable. Minus Jinder Mahal, McIntyre, which for me was dead before it began. People were went D O A, baby. It was dead on arrival. People, you could hear a rat piss on Cotton. You could tell they liked McIntyre. They just hated this fucking match, and they just wanted it to be there done. There were more people up for Dewdrop turning on Eva Marie than there were for that match, I'm just saying. Exactly. Um, Alex, I, tried, I tried in vain to get a 3MB chant going. It just would not stick. Dude, we actually got a lot of chants going. Like, from our section, because there's two of us, and the, whenever Steve started a chant... I would start. I would go with it. I started one. He would go with it, and that energy just flowed. Oh, yeah. We must have got Damian Priest out of like three fucking headlocks. I, so I, you know. I, I. Well, because the thing was, they were so restless because of the Alexa Bliss bullshit, and I'm just like, guys, they're putting in good work. And I think Damian Priest took a bad bump on one of those. Got yeah, himself like hurt. He, <clears throat> looked like he like tweaked his hip or his low back or something, yeah. but well, he, you know he recovered eventually. He, he right. seemed a little sluggish there after that. Absolutely, we, we told you folks this one's going to be quicker than the normal format because we've been running well, around. We're tired. I got to drive four hours back to Los Angeles tomorrow. I think we're in the home stretch, man. We are in the I home mean, we stretch. We talked about the show. I think the only other thing that we would really need to talk about, the only other order of business aside from the fact that NXT takeovers tomorrow night, but we'll talk about that when we do our next show, the return of one Mr. CM Punk on Friday anticipated mm -hmm. still very very good very amazing what do you think 
CM Punk, uh, his entrance was amazing. You could legitimately tell that this was a guy who was legitimately happy to be back. He was holding his tears back. He, he loved that audience. The audience loved him. It took him like six or seven minutes just to get into the ring. They had to take a commercial break for him to get into the ring. And once he had, once he had that microphone in his hand, magic magic just fucking happened magic. and when he says that he didn't have anything planned i fucking fully believe him when he says that i think he had an idea some ideas but goddamn darby allen's about to be elevated to to heights in his career he never fucking thought possible and, and he's gonna do it by losing and he's gonna do it by losing which he's, just goes to show you you don't always gotta strap a belt on somebody or have them go over for them to get over. And I think that this is an example of where Punk just being there and being in the ring with them is gonna elevate Darby Allen. But under no under no circumstances should Punk be losing to Darby Allen. No, Darby Allen's not gonna not gonna beat Punk. But his face is gonna be next to uh, CM Punk's face on a on a pay-per-view poster. Oh yeah. Punk's first match in seven years. That sold the pay-per-view for me, man. That sold it for me, and the thing is what I loved about it was the after effect. Did it not feel like everybody else in that locker room who was involved in that show stepped to their fucking game way, way up? I mean, Christian Cage, who's been like a little like, ah, whatever in his promos, mm -hmm. didn't, it, didn't it feel like he brought it a little bit? Like it lit some kind of a fire within him? Like, hey man, I want, I want Punk to want to work with me. I, I think it's an example of where just the energy, it doesn't always have to be just about him specifically, but the energy that he brings in, the attention that he brings in, the elevated expectations that now come with having him on the roster just causes everyone to want to set their game up. I, do I think that Christian Cage is going to be wrestling CM Punk anytime soon? Probably not. But does Christian Cage know now that there's more eyeballs on the product? Yeah, he knows that. I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's 46 years old. He's been around the block. And I think that him sharing that, you know, with the rest of that younger group of wrestlers that they have on the roster, again, it's infectious. It just causes them all to bring their game up. And it's going to be exciting to see what they do with them, especially if they complete this and then bring in Brian Danielson, and then we'll see what happens there. But for right now, all is well in the world, man. CM Punk is back in wrestling. The Tribal Chief is still the Universal Heavyweight Champion. Yes, he is. RK Bro are the Tag Team Champions. The man is back, oh, man. and we still got one more night of action tomorrow night for Takeover Thirty Six. Samoa Joe should be beating Karrion Cross tomorrow. We'll just leave it at that. I think that's going to happen as well. All right, folks. We said it was going to be a short but sweet one. Remember to hit the follow button if you're watching this on uh, YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us those five star reviews on the on the podcast wherever you're listening. If you're listening to it there. Follow us on Instagram at the Slammer Bros. You can follow him on Instagram at Steve underscore Slammer. You can follow me on TikTok at O Jack Slammer. O Jack Slammer. Bro. Cheers, brother. Cheers. But until next time, thank you so much for another wonderful podcast. We had a blast today. It would be longer, but we're freaking tired. We love the show. AEW killed it this week. Fucking WWE SummerSlam killed it. Amazing show. He doesn't toss out B grades for nothing. I don't toss out A minuses for nothing. So amazing show. Good night, everybody. See you next time. Ah.